Franks. BBC Radio WM. It finally happened last night. Jack Grealish, the most expensive English footballer ever bought by a club in this country. The most expensive Premier League transfer so far could be beaten in the not-too-distant future. Pictures of Jack all over the back pages and some of the front pages of the papers today as well. Let's go and talk to Johnny Gould, broadcaster, journalist, Villa fan. He was part of the Villa Supporters Trust until earlier this year. Johnny, when you look at the pictures of Jack in a Man City kit, how do you feel? Oh, discombobulated, Paul. Uh, it's, it's a heartbreak situation for all Aston Villa fans. But I think before we go on, I think it would be churlish and childish of me not to wish Jack all the very best. It would be mean-spirited. So even though it is a heartbreak, and even though perhaps in our heart of hearts he doesn't really understand the unique legacy which he owns, We've got to wish him all the very best. 20 years at Villa. Uh, I mean, a Birmingham boy, uh, a Villa fan. And now, coming to Villa as a kid at the age of five or six, costing nothing. Now the most expensive Premier League transfer of all time. The most expensive English footballer ever bought by a club in this country. And Christian Perslow, our chief executive, revealed on a very, very ambassadorial uh, video where he fronted the supporters the very, very clear... Uh, situation, which was there was a release clause signed between Aston Villa and the player, whereby if there was a Champions League club, a qualifying club that were interested, Villa would open the negotiations with that club at £100 million. One feels like (laughs) since 10 months ago, there's been even a little bit of inflation. They might have added a little cheeky £10 million, £20 million, because you've got to wonder whether Manchester City might have even paid just that little bit more for this superstar. But Perslow added, didn't he, 20, 30 million pounds for the, I don't know, collateral damage of losing such a very, very special player, Paul. It's been the talismanic figure, but now it's a chance, an opportunity and time for the other players in the squad, and they've added to it, Johnny, in the summer, to, to, to step up. Yes. What they've done is they looked at the attributes of Jack, what he provides in goal scoring, intelligent passing, releasing the ball in key areas, and actually being our club captain and bringing in players with those attributes to make a more rounded squad. And as you say, Danny Ings, no one even saw that. Not even the ITKs of the villain knowledge factory on Twitter (laughs) knew about Danny Ings because they were all chasing after James Ward-Prowse. Who knows if that deal is uh, is on or off at the moment. Of course, Emiliano Buendia. We found out this morning that Buendia will be the new uh, numero dice at uh, Aston Villa. And uh, who better? Because he's such a wonderful footballer. He will set the crowds alight with his beautiful football. Um, And then, of course, You know, we've got Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen, the Jamaican boy. He's looking very, very exciting as a prospect. We've got a a really wonderful uh, midfield, not forgetting Ashley Young. What an opportune signing that was. And he doesn't look much older than the day he left for Manchester United all those years ago. Uh, And what a servant he was. But you know what, Paul? This is agonizing because Jack Grealish is more than a talisman for Aston Villa. He is an object of identity. Uh, When he celebrated goals, there was something quasi-religious about it because thousands upon thousands of us related to this boy from Birmingham. And it doesn't stop with him. I hope I'm not being too sentimental or sort of covenant-orientated, but his great-great-grandfather, Billy Garrity, also played for Aston Villa 
mm-hmm. also represented England while in Villa Colours and won the FA Cup. This is over 100 years ago. I did some research on Billy Garrity the other day. He really was a superstar of the first generation of Aston Villa players at the turn of the 20th century. I found out that he was buried in a Garrity tomb in Saltley, near a factory which the Nazis bombed. A stray bomb, unfortunately, bombed the cemetery, and there is no more left of Garrity remains. I wonder what Billy Garrity would be saying in heaven, looking down on his great-great-grandson. Would he accept uh, this <laughs> strange casino, this idea of £100 million, inconceivable, even in our childhood? You know, Paul, I mean, the first million-pound footballer uh, was in the late 70s, of course, from Birmingham City to Nottingham Forest, uh, Trevor Francis. And we've been here before in Aston Villa as well. We sold Andy Gray for a British record, £1.5 million to Wolves. As I said to Andy the other day, I mean, uh, every time a record transfer happens, it, it puts him in the £100 million bracket for his era. And then, of course, Villa lost players like John Dean and John Gidman at the same time. And we lost the thread of that great late 70s side, but we all know what, it, what gave birth to it. Uh, cheap players like Tony Morley, like Gary Shaw coming through. I'm thinking of Carney. Uh, coming through the ranks for Aston Villa. Looks a fantastic prospect. We brought in Peter with a proven Premier League striker with Newcastle United and before that at Nottingham Forest. And I'm thinking about Danny Ings, also a former Liverpool player. There's something about Aston Villa where history repeats itself, but the idea that Jack's not part of that is, is absolutely heartbreaking and I can't pretend it's not. And when he comes back to Villa Park in the colours of Manchester City, assuming he's uh, obviously fit and plays in, in that game, you, you would think he would get, even though he's left the club, he would get a fantastic reception from the supporters. I hope they don't boo him. He doesn't deserve that. You know, he says he still loves Villa and of course I don't doubt that that's correct. He has left a piece behind though. <laughs> I, I, I think, I personally think it's a mistake and I, I would, <laughs> I'd have a little laugh if he was on the bench. <laughs> for our game but uh, I think Pep Guardiola would probably start him he certainly won't celebrate a goal against us and of course he will score that's the way of of the world I, I, I hope so you know something's broken Paul you know he can't come back later on in his career he can't do that something has been broken and if there's proof of that Remember Wayne Rooney's return to Everton after Manchester United. I mean, he stayed for a season. He scored one very memorable goal. And off he went to Washington, not to be president, but to play for DC United. So, uh, I mean, I I know that Rooney's relationship with Everton isn't quite as holistic and as balanced and as as decorated as, as Jack Grealish is. But I just think that his legacy was just too big for him to handle. And I'm really sorry because there aren't many players like him in football at all. And I can think of just one at the moment. I can think of maybe Steven Gerrard at Liverpool, who turned down the move to Chelsea at the last minute to stay with Liverpool. We all know what happened then. Of course, he won the Champions League. But Jack wanted Champions League football today, not jam tomorrow. I'm so sad. He could have waited till he was 29, because I'm pretty sure we'd be playing Cluj then. But we're not. We'll see whether Villa are a better team with the funds generated from the sale of Jackie. We're the number 10 as well for Manchester City. Uh, Johnny Gould uh, with us. Uh, Wishing Jack well. I'm sure all Villa fans are. Uh, Johnny, thanks for being on the show. It's an absolute pleasure, Paul. Blatantly obvious they'd be lying too much on Jack Grealish. The West Midlands' biggest football phone-in is back. Who's the chairman of all? We need somebody in that club who knows about... 